0: Hello and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Today we link up with LinkedIn. Every business owner has heard of this platform, or they should have, but few are using it properly. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram get all the attention. So today we are unearthing some myths, facts, and legends with our panel of Australia's top three LinkedIn experts. With over 500 million members worldwide, there's over 8 million in Australia, and 49% being key decision makers, LinkedIn has levelled the playing field, making it easier for any company to find, connect, and build relationships with potential prospects. Technology is all about connections, and today's show is made possible by our well-connected friends at eView Real Estate. Our first guest is founder of Linkfluenza, the art of social selling on LinkedIn, he was also recognised by Forbes magazine as the Australia's leading LinkedIn training company. He has been the host, or he is actually right now, the host of Ask Linkfluencer Show, a show dedicated to answering all of your pressing questions on how to best social sell on LinkedIn. He's worked; uh, His work is regularly featured on Australian and international media outlets. Welcome, Alex Peruse.
1: Thank you for having me. Nice
0: to have you here.
1: Absolute pleasure. Now, let's
0: start with Link Sure. Uh, what is it?
1: So, Linkfluencer. Our mission is to change and transform social selling on LinkedIn. Uh, Linkfluencer was formed as a result of me actually leveraging LinkedIn to grow a business advisory firm that I had. Yeah. So, about seven years ago, I had in four businesses and managed to sell two successfully. So, I've moved from Wollongong, uh, which is a beautiful place, and uh, I think it's like an hour and a half from Sydney. Yeah. Uh, south, and I moved back to Sydney. I thought I had the relevant experience in both failing and succeeding to start an advisory firm. So I went, uh, I was actually looking at going to a PR agency to build my personal brand because back then personal branding was, you know, there was a lot of talk around it. Yeah. And what I realized was a lot of PR agencies were wanting to charge me ten grand a month but no real guarantees. So uh, after the fourth meeting, I was actually driving home one night and I got an email with I probably shouldn't have checked my emails as I was driving, <laughs> but yeah. um, I got excited because the subject line uh, was actually 94.2% of journalists and editors are actually on LinkedIn. So uh, I'm I'm a big believer in execution. Uh, so I went home that night, start started connecting with a few journalists here and then. Literally within three months, we had a network of over 300 contacts in the media, Forbes Inc, Huffington Post, Washington Post, and so on. So I then. Managed to build relationships with them and within the next three months we got featured in 50 media publications, never sent out a breast lease and all through LinkedIn. So I thought that was a pretty, uh, I guess it was a wake up call. Yeah. I thought this is, this is powerful. So then I, th- we were spending 10 to 15 grand per month getting leads to build this advisory firm. So I thought maybe we can use LinkedIn to generate leads and that's when we scaled the whole company up to three full-time advisors connecting with accountants through LinkedIn. Long story short, uh, through that process, more and more people started actually asking us, how are you getting hundreds of people to a workshop every single month? And so the conversations we were having were more about LinkedIn than around our advisory format. That's how we essentially started LinkedIn with our mission to transform social selling.
0: And it's about... Listening to the customers is always easier to, to fulfill a need than create one, and uh, and that obviously was was the need. Now, I just want to go back a little bit to your background, and you started off by saying that you failed in a number of businesses, and I, uh, really refreshing to hear that because a lot of particularly people that come on the show are really comfortable talking about their successes, which is lovely, and we can learn from that. But we can also learn so much about. Failures. Uh, so, what was what some of your key learnings from from that journey?
1: Oh, geez, so many, so many. Uh, yeah, I think first and foremost, uh, I had a mentor on board. So, if you okay. if you're currently listening to this show and you don't have a mentor, absolutely paramount. Find the people who've been there, stand on their shoulders because you'll grow two, three, five times quicker than what you would learning yourself. Yep. So, first and foremost, mentoring. Second of all, uh, build a business that. The best way to become wealthy and become successful and wealth could mean money, could mean, you know, fulfillment, whatever that means to you. But the best way to build a successful business is to find a market that has a need and not just fulfill the market with a product or service, but actually care about the people that you're serving. So, uh, that was a big realization for me because the businesses that I'd failed in, I actually was looking to make money. That's all that I cared about. And so the big shift for me was you'll make a lot more money as a byproduct of actually transforming people's lives. And so that was a big shift and a big realization for me. And that is essentially the number one rule we have now. Whether it's a show that we produce, whether it's a um, post that I put on LinkedIn, whether it's a blog, whether it's this radio show today, every single time that we get to communicate our message and our mission – is a privilege and we know someone's going to be listening to it so you have to put 100% effort into every piece of content that you share and I think that's the problem in today's day and age. People just share for the sake of ticking stuff off uh, instead of actually putting real care into it because someone could be listening to this radio show now and based on what I say that will determine their ultimate destiny because you make one decision that leads to another so we just put a lot of pride in everything we do.
0: Wonderful pearls of wisdom there, Alex. <laughs> now, the, the Linkfluencer show, you've only started that quite recently. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so we're up to episode nine. Uh, so uh, over the past six months, we've received hundreds of you know questions uh, asking us to start a show rather than just blogging uh, on LinkedIn. We've got now easily the world's uh, biggest blog when it comes to LinkedIn, over and beyond obviously LinkedIn's own blog. Um, with more of an independent blog um, so we got these questions coming in and you know one was it would be great if you could do short video snippets uh, answering these questions so that's where the whole show started. Uh, we're up to episode nine and you know the feedback we've received so far has been amazing. So,
0: So anyone wanting to look at that where can they find it?
1: If you just go to linkfauncer.com, which is L-I-N-K-F-L-U-E-N-C-L,
0: you know, yeah. we'll put a link to yeah. our yeah. Facebook page to make it yeah. make it easier for you. Uh, that's fantastic information. Now you've got a three-step methodology. Can you quickly tell us what those three steps are for LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, so three steps of LinkedIn, mastery, plan, connect, profit. Uh, like any good marketing initiative, it all starts with having a good plan. So uh, we look at getting clear on your outcome uh, for leveraging LinkedIn uh, we did a survey three years ago and 90 90 point four percent of people who are on LinkedIn based on a thousand that we went uh, that we surveyed don't actually know why they're on LinkedIn so it's it's you know not surprising why you're not getting results because you don't actually know why you're on there mm. and most of them have joined because they've read an article or they've spoken to someone else and they've said oh yeah you should definitely join LinkedIn it's a powerful network but Know, you don't actually know why you're on there. So start with an outcome. Then we help you get clear on your objectives for achieving that outcome. Uh, then it's a matter of understanding, okay, well, if I want to do 10 new sales, that if that's my objective, who do I need to connect with? So getting clear on your client avatar and then obviously having a compelling profile. It goes without saying. It's that's time. absolutely mandatory. Uh, and then you've got the connect and profit stage, which is connect stages now that we've built the right foundations, The Connect stage is all about building your sales pipeline of those targeted um, clients that you want to get in front of. And the profit stage is how do we now build a relationship with those contacts before we promote anything because that's social selling at its best.
0: Well, our next guest specializes in lead generation. She is our second panelist today. We have three. So we're only only at at the big Tip of the iceberg here on LinkedIn, because the second half of the show, we're going to actually answer a lot of questions uh, that Alex has been asked from his show, that all our guests have been asked, and questions have been flooding through Taking Care of Businesses Facebook page this week. So we're going to do that in the second half, but I'd like to now introduce a second panellist. She has assisted over 7,000 top-level executives, thought leaders, and business owners to develop a powerful LinkedIn profile. She bridges personal branding with their sales and marketing initiatives, and lead generation, founder of Perfect boom, Bonnie Power. Uh, So just tell us a little bit about, so 20 years ago, LinkedIn wasn't around. How did you end up falling into LinkedIn?
2: It was from our clients asking for a LinkedIn profile to be updated when they were asking us to get their resume and cover letter done at Melbourne Resumes. So I'm also the owner of Melbourne Resumes, which um, has been alive and kicking for about 10 years. Um, And I, so we've got lots of experience with uh, promoting the personal brand of CEOs, directors, you know, APAC executives. And as I was a business owner and my, uh, my attention was on lead generation and using any which way to get my ideal type of client, I started to attract, um, I started to attract attention from my colleagues and my business community on how Am I using LinkedIn f- to drive leads into my Melbourne resume's business? Mm-hmm. And it was such an easy thing to do. Like when you are passionate, as Alex said, when you're so passionate about what you do and why you do it, um, if that... If that essence of who you are and your motivation comes through in your profile, then it will naturally start attracting leads without even going out and being proactive with, um, with reaching out, like just having a profile that like drips of the passion that you've got to help your clients will um, sometimes be enough just to kick-start the LinkedIn um, lead generation strategy. And I think it's moved on
0: from just a CV online. I hear that all mm. the time going, it's just a resume or a CV online. Yeah. It's shifted quite It's like a bit, the world's biggest
2: Rolodex. It's like the last accountant, um, lawyer, lawyer. Um, conveyancer that I that I wanted I just went on to LinkedIn and you know used the advanced search function and I because I knew that their company website was going to say how fabulous they were and you mm, know all mm. the polish was going to be on there but I wanted to know how many years experience they had um, what testimonials they had what sort of content what sort of passion they had for their industry so I just used LinkedIn to find my suppliers and my um, and who knows who so
0: yeah. I've done that too to find out somebody I've just met who's got a you know business proposition and uh, it all sounds good and then I go back in you know sort of that reverse stalking a little bit totally and and find out who they know and then if they know someone that I know quite well which I did this week actually I rang them up and said what do you know of such and such and we had a conversation about it which is an enormous resource isn't it it's
2: huge and it's it's so good when it is coupled with the offline networking that we do so it's it's so good just to, to build up the offline network and then to make sure that you are um, getting the recommendations and you're building up that online profile as well.
0: Fantastic. Bonnie Powell. good to have you here for the rest of the show. Alex Peruse, thank you for being here as well. And on the other side of this break, we meet a third guest who's been a real trailblazer in LinkedIn. I look forward to chatting with her. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Taking Care of Business. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business as we are solving many mysteries today about LinkedIn. So we're linking up with LinkedIn and I'm joined here by our panel of specialists Alex Peruse and Bonnie Power. And I'd like to welcome our third panelist. She's a true trailblazer as one of the first 80,000 people in the world on the platform. So let's just get this straight. LinkedIn started in May 2003. And our next guest joined on the 21st of December 2003. So it made her in the top 80,000 people in the world on the platform. And she's been consulting on the topic globally pretty much ever since. And uh I'd like to welcome very warmly Sue Elson. Thank you, Jackie. Pleasure to be here. I'm number 77832. I knew that you'd know the number. <laughs> that. that how did, how did you know about it? I don't even think I'd heard about it yeah, back
3: then. Well, my first website went online in 2001, which is Newcomers Network. Yeah, And so that's designed for people who've moved. And obviously, when you run a network, you've got to be aware of other networks. Mm. And so LinkedIn was one of them. OpenBC was one. It's now called Zing, based in Germany. Rise was another network. So I joined all these online networks uh,
0: a long time ago. And is LinkedIn the only one? left from that no, other one no. are they all so, still going
3: yeah academy was bought by somebody else i think that was a uk based one um open was picked up by zing and that was transferred rise is there but pretty much dead uh but linkedin is by far my favorite
0: and did you see that did you have that vision when you joined it or do you just went i'm just going to join them all and see what happens what was your sort of mm. thought process do you yeah. recall Not specifically. It's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Fourteen years (laughs) ago, I think I got my (laughs) calculator out. Yeah. Look, it's
3: I think the really interesting thing that I like about LinkedIn is it's been very dynamic from day one. So it's always been implementing always been improving, always been acquiring other products as part of its platform. Mm. So it's a much more effective network because it constantly grows and constantly develops. And because I've been running networks for so long, and I've, I've got others as well, it's really important that you have a combination of consistent information as well as new information constantly coming in, mm. and that's the benefit of something like LinkedIn. So when it acquired Pulse, the news feed service, you know, that's how we ended up with the news feed. It acquired SlideShare, so there was integration with your PowerPoint presentations. One of the things that I mentioned in my book was that they should acquire another service called Connectifier, which if you're in recruitment, you can have a plug-in on your browser and when you look at somebody online, so we Google Jackie Mitchell, Mm. we can see all of your profiles all at once. Well, you know, even before I published the book... LinkedIn had acquired Connectify, so you know they're really out there in mm. terms of what they do, and and that's why they're they're the world's leading online network.
0: Now let's talk about your book. You very kindly bought some in which we are going to use as a fundraiser because or PFM is a not for profit, which a lot of people don't realise. So thank you very much for that. And your book, uh, you've got three, but yep. one in particular was 120 ways to achieve your purpose with LinkedIn. Why 120? I did look at that number and went, that's an unusual number. You know, it's fascinating. So
3: many people ask me that question. Um, Well, I did not want it to be 101, you know, because that's for dummies, you know, 101 of something. And then 120 is something that you can change into so many different combinations, like – 10 times in, and 2 and 12 and okay. 1 and 4s and 3s. and I, I knew and, there would you know, be some logic behind and, it. and I've had just so many different ideas and I thought, how on earth are you going to do it? But when you get a chance to read the book, you realise there's actually heaps more than 120 ways to do something in there, yeah. but that was just the framework, you know, so that there would be a sequence. So I wanted to be sort of the dummy's writer. I'm, I'm somebody who loves writing and I love putting information together. So I thought that if I'm going to do a series of books... Um, if I have 120 ways, it'll it'll just be something that I can continue with later.
0: Now, one of your other, because you do lots of different things, another thing that attracted me to you was your work at several uh, tertiary institutions, yes. Monash University, RMIT, mm-hmm. uh, and you teach graduates about LinkedIn, do you? I do,
3: yes. I've done a lot of presentations to students as well as international students. I do a lot of conference speaking, um, so all sorts of stuff. I love teaching because when you teach, you have to know more than the students. Mm. And I go to between one and four events per week to keep myself up to date. And obviously for a lot of people, uh, to remain employable or to even remain in business, you've got to stay up to date. You've got to be continually learning. So obviously the people, a lot of people who live in the Mornington area are interested in lifestyle and, and, and being part of community and so on and I see the ability to learn and keep learning and being connected is, is really great ways to enjoy wherever you live and and the opportunities
0: that are there I spoke recently to some graduates mm-hmm. uh, just about brand and mm. other business things that I do anyway and uh, of course they're just about to graduate mm. and looking for work mm-hmm. so it was a big deal and uh, and I mentioned you know for their link just to make mm. sure they've got a LinkedIn well most di- didn't have a LinkedIn profile mm. and went, oh, I've got, I've got Facebook. I don't need LinkedIn. Didn't mm. get it. Mm. And then someone said, and I've, I've, this is actually the quote, to make sure, uh, isn't LinkedIn, it's Facebook for people who only have work friends. Yeah, right. Well. H- Hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah. I was shocked and amused, which I, I wrote on my LinkedIn There's article. a lot of issues there. So yeah.
3: my daughter is 22 and just finished university, so, of course, her profile is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but she was really reluctant to have yes. it done for well, her, that's you know, what that really serious. Reluctant, but what you've got to remember nowadays, up to 90% of jobs are not even advertised. So, if you're not on LinkedIn and can be found, like as Bonnie said before, you know, that's actually found the people she was looking for, Mm. all the recruiters have LinkedIn recruiters. So you've got to be on the platform. Secondly, you've got to remember that before you even get to interview, people are going to Google you. So the first thing that comes up in Google search results is your LinkedIn profile. Uh, Next, you need to build your network from day one. There is no such thing as job or business security. So if you have a network, you've got security. That's what keeps you going throughout your life, your personal network, your professional network,
0: um, and, you know, your social network. Hmm. Alex Pruz, you deal a lot with entrepreneurs yep. with LinkedIn, don't you? Yes. Uh, what are some of their key issues? And also, are they embracing LinkedIn? Like, do they get it?
1: Well, I think once people go through our methodology and understand the power of LinkedIn, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think LinkedIn have done a phenomenal job building uh, a huge network. Uh, the issue that they face and, you know, we actually got a meeting with LinkedIn early July uh, in terms of us potentially partnering together to help them create that educational component. That's the real missing uh, bit at the moment. Yeah. And once people read, cause you have to look at LinkedIn and compare it to, let's say cold calling or, you know, offline networking mm. or other advertising channels. And when you run the numbers, Really, LinkedIn is the standout. So I think once people understand it and realize there's actually a process that you need to go through to build a relationship online with someone and how you can fit LinkedIn into your overall sales process, uh, once people are clear on that path, then they get excited and they really want to do something on LinkedIn. So I think that's really the missing ingredient at this stage. <laughs>
0: A uh, question for my panel, my lovely panel here: Is it still considered or called social media? Bonnie Power. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Alex, what do you, do you think it yep. is? Sue. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, still social media. So, why is it social media? Is this why um, people are getting confused with LinkedIn and Facebook because that's social media as well? And and I'm thinking they're getting confused about some boundaries about the social side of Facebook and Instagram and all the other social platforms and LinkedIn's just another platform. Is mm. is is that a reasonable?
2: Yeah, I think you it's a good question and I think this will help the audience see the differentiation between Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm. So it's all about the intent. You People go to Facebook because they just want to um, zone out of reality. They just want to break. Mm. They don't really want to have to – they're not thinking about going there for work purposes or anything like that. On the other hand, when people go to LinkedIn, their intent is business-related. They're looking for a solution to a problem. So that straight off the bat is the perfect ground um, and it helps. I'm hoping that it'll help the audience um, determine exactly why their LinkedIn profile should be so good. Because when people are going to go and Google or search on their profile, looking for their profile, they're looking there to either pre- perhaps engage in their services, or their their names come up in a conversation and they're just checking them out. They might be a referral partner. Um, it's such an important thing.
3: Yeah, I'd actually say that the reason they're reluctant to is because they're terribly concerned about privacy. Mm. You know, that seems to be the number one thing that comes up all the time. And I have a lot of people say, I don't want all my details online. Why do I have to put all that information? What difference does it make? And when you write a book about achieving your purpose, you know, just as Alex works with the entrepreneurs and it's about getting their goal and Bonnie's, you know, had that resume focus, I'm always looking at the individual and saying, well, what is it you're wanting to achieve? Mm. and aligning with that purpose so if you're an artist you think I don't need to be on LinkedIn but if you want to get a grant you have to have a portfolio available and you know there you can connect with other artists and really be known as an artist it's not necessarily the best one for artists but it is a generic one that people can use so if you think of it more as a tool to achieve your purpose and then just use it for that purpose so one of my clients is an artist And uh, we don't bother telling her whole backstory because nobody cares about that. We just focus on her artist career. Mm. And, you know, it's proved very helpful to her.
1: Yeah. Look, it's quite simple. At the end of the day, regardless of industry, regardless of size, location, what service or product you have, my sole belief and conviction is that we're all in the business of marketing, really. And Mm. the sole purpose of marketing is to get your message in front of Key. First of all, make sure you've got a good product. Second of all, get your message in front of key decision makers. And third of all, make sure that the message you're actually getting in front of a key decision maker is congruent mm-hmm. and adds value to them. So if you look at LinkedIn, over 536 million members now, 49% being key decision makers, I think that sort of answers the question. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on LinkedIn, and you know we have a general rule that if you're not on LinkedIn, you haven't used it in the next, last six months, you're not going to use it in the next six months you should actually delete your account because you can actually do more mm-hmm. harm than good mm-hmm. and if you're not going to be on linkedin i will guarantee you in a year or two you're going to be left behind because that is the new way of selling it's it's not mm. a matter of whether you're going to survive or not you will not exist in the new way of selling uh, if you're not on linkedin and that's just, like that's brutal to say but that's the reality because people are no longer going to you know they're not they're not fav- in terms of like, for example, cold calling, 10 years ago, cold calling was very effective. But the sales cycle now is seven to 10 touch points before someone even trusts you. So to be able to get on LinkedIn, share content, engage with their content, start building, building that relationship, then taking that offline, that's the real power of LinkedIn. So. If you're not on it, it's, it's going to be very difficult to survive.
0: Yeah, we're in a real hour of power today, and I know that our listeners here on Taking Care of Business do not want to be left behind. Absolutely. I, we certainly don't. So the second half of the show, just after this break, we're going to come back. And we're going to answer lots of questions. And I'm sure there'll be one or two of these questions for those listening who haven't sent through questions. We're going to unearth, we're going to unravel these mysteries of LinkedIn. Uh, We hope you're enjoying eavesdropping on our interesting conversation today on Taking Care of Business. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. We are in a bit of a land of confusion at the moment. That was Genesis. As far as social media, its role, and in particular LinkedIn, I think it's the most underutilised and misunderstood social media platform, particularly for businesses. So what we did, we've got three of Australia's leading experts in the studio today, and it made sense to put some questions out to... Some listeners and followers, and I know, Bonnie Power, you put a question out to your LinkedIn community and you had a number of people asking questions. Yes.
2: Uh, let's go through. What's the first question someone asked you? Okie dokie. So the first question was, how many times shall I post? And uh, and that's per day. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I think what's people the are... Answer? Well, I would say um, probably like if you are in lead generation mode... Um, I would say up to six to 10 times. A day? A day. Now, the reason why is because LinkedIn, people don't go onto LinkedIn and say on LinkedIn all day. They might come in once or twice, maybe three times a week. And if your ideal type of client is coming in, um, just say twice a week, you want your name to be in their feed at least once. Okay.
0: Sue Elson, have you got a, a different answer for that, different view? Um, well, again, always dependent on your purpose. Mm. So as Bonnie
3: said, if, if she's in lead gen mode, maybe yes. I heard somebody say you've got to be on Twitter at least six times a day as well. And I just freaked because I've got over 11,000 connections. Mm. And if I did, you know, six a day, they would think I was a megalomaniac. Mm.
2: Yeah. So but
0: the Twitter feed moves faster. But is, does LinkedIn move as fast it does. as Twitter? It yeah, does the more now. people you're connected yeah. to,
2: the faster your post is going to get buried. Mm-hmm. And I've asked my audience, like I've got seven and a half people in my business community, and I've actually asked them on like workshops I was at last week. I said, you know, put your hand up if if you think that I'm posting too much. And these people are like literally they've got another tab open on their computer screen with LinkedIn open all day. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you're not, you're not posting too much at all. Mr. Linkfluencer,
0: Alex <laughs> Peruse. what's your view?
1: I post once a day, yeah. maximum amount of times. Uh, I think at the heart of LinkedIn, uh, I think posting is, should be 20% of your strategy. 80% should actually be finding, connecting, and engaging with people one-on-one because it is a social network. People buy into people uh, and engaging with their content. Because it's one thing you posting it's another uh if you use sales navigator which is by far the most powerful uh, tool on the internet in terms of getting in front of your target market i'd be connecting and engaging with your target market's content and then using the posting strategy as a way of staying top of mind uh so they can see your content and see that obviously you sharing uh, valuable pieces of information that's relevant to them as well so 80 percent one-on-one connection 20 percent sharing posts through LinkedIn
3: yeah I'd agree with you Alex the only thing I'd say is that you know your point where you say about posting versus other things there's lots of other techniques you can use on LinkedIn as well so for instance if you write articles and then it can be ranked in Google you know for your key search Mm. queries if you want to be getting content out there aligned with that, that could be helpful. Um, the point about researching and finding the best deals. I mean, the best deals in Australia are not done by an ad on any platform. They're done by, you know, meeting with somebody and, and doing the deal directly. Um, you might find that participating in a particular group is more beneficial to you. So, so again, really depends on purpose.
0: Alex Pruise, I notice that's one of your sayings. You don't believe in B2C or B2B.
1: It's all its all about h to h Yeah, human to human. That's why, yeah, it's... Find the people that you want to have conversations with, yeah, engage with their content, share relevant content, and through that you'll build a relationship before you even reach out and send a connection invitation, which is what you should be doing from a social selling standpoint, and from there have conversations. The reason why people post, I tell you why a lot of people post, and there's this big talk about you know you've got to share a lot of content because that's and it's true to a certain degree, but I think we're now living in a world where people are hiding behind content. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna share a lot of content hopefully people visit my website, which I think there's merit to it, but if you're a small business owner or if, and we're now dealing with the likes of KPMG, Westpac, these are some of our clients. Even the salespeople that their full-time job is selling 40 to 50 hours a week don't have time to be posting every day. And what they should be doing is getting be, you know, first of all, get out of your computer, mm. stop posting stuff, start engaging with people and make it your outcome to get people off LinkedIn and have coffees, face-to-face mm. meetings. Because that's that's really what business is all about, yeah. connecting with people on a deeper level. That's
0: a nice way to put it. Uh, Sue, so you mentioned articles and that's mm. one, one question I've got. and I think it was a question that we were given, Bonnie, on your feed as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a good yeah. question. Articles mm. versus posts versus comments. Mm-hmm. Now the article comes up in Google SEO is it that right can. yes yeah. so so if you optimize your article you mm. can actually get it to rank in Google okay yeah. and is
3: the same with post if you Put a post? Not as much. Um, I've not seen too many of them do that because with the recent user interface change, when they changed to more of a Facebook look and feel, yeah. a lot of that indexing disappeared. But you get quite a lot of brownie points for comments. So if you start oh, commenting, okay. that can re end up in another person's newsfeed. So you can potentially reach more people. But I absolutely go back to Alex's point about hiding behind content and, you know, mm. it's like all social media platforms, it's a vortex that you Can waste hours and hours Mm. and hours Mm. in and you know I would never suggest that you would spend all that time doing it but strategically here and there you know if you travel each day on the train and you've got time to you know like comment and share a few posts and and put something else out of your own well yeah that's that's easily done
2: mmm yep I'll just share a success story because that was one of the the requests from um, Vinay for a success story on our LinkedIn yes, profile. yes um, and the success story I was actually at an event yesterday and this lady who um, I'd seen about a month ago I, I gave her a little strategy on how she could use LinkedIn she's got a sales training business she optimised her profile, you know, with regards to making sure it looked good when ideal type of clients looked at her. She built out her connections with the top hundred of her ideal type of client. So she, she sent out invitation requests. Um, then um, she let them see her comments in their, in their feed for about six weeks. So she, the, her name the, um, became familiar to them. Mm-hmm. The idea of preeminence as uh, one of our famous, I think it was Abraham... Uh, Said, Um, and then um, reached out with a direct personalised message asking for the um you know for a conversation off linkedin and she's had massive success she earned thirty thousand dollars in a contract um just by doing that strategy she's also had heaps of leads coming in um by commenting on these top 100 people that she's got her eye on she just keeps looking at their posts commenting making really um educated comments you know really good opinions Mm. on their comments it's a great tip straight away getting the attention of her ideal type of client Mm. so it's so easy it's like shooting fish in a barrel it's LinkedIn is awesome if your ideal type of client is on LinkedIn now the second question
0: that I had here which was on your feed as well is it worth getting a paid account Alex peruse is it worth getting a paid account on LinkedIn
1: the short answer is yes Mm. Uh, and so really The conversation you need to have with your marketing department or if you're a sole opener is you look at your ideal client you look at your deal value and most people's deal value would be in the thousands and then you look at the lifetime value of that client then you ask yourself if i leverage linkedin properly with the right tools and the right system is it achievable for me to get a good return on my investment within the first year sales navigator which is a tool that we recommend costs nothing it's a thousand and two hundred dollars a year if you have not done more than a thousand two hundred dollars worth of business i'd be very surprised and i'd be surprised because you probably haven't followed a process and you've created shortcuts in order to get in front of your target market so you just got to sit down and crunch the numbers like any marketing initiative do i will i get a good return on investment and if so then you upgrade if not then you move on to another platform.
0: Sue Elson, should you accept invitations from strangers to connect?
3: <laughs> well, I've got a lot of strangers uh, that I'm connected to. And as soon as they start being a nuisance, I remove them. But again, and I keep saying this, it's all about achieving your purpose. Mm. I'm running networks. So the more people I'm connected to, the better that is. Uh, but one of my clients, he had a software product and he wanted to target risk management for councils. So his strategy, a bit like Bonnie's um, success story, was targeting his exact clients and just getting connected to those. But going back to the paid account, you know, comment that Alex made on that. I think what some people assume is that if they pay money for something, that it will automatically generate mm. leads. And that's one thing that LinkedIn can't do if you just pay for the sales navigator. I mean, you will get a bit of a kudos. Oh, well, if they can afford premium, they, they can't be too bad. So, you know, you'll get that kind of value out of it. But will it generate business? Well, if you don't update your profile, if you don't reach out to people, if you don't connect, if you don't, you know, comment, if you don't do all those other things, it's still not going to be
0: you know, worth the investment. So yep. you have to be committed at the same time. Yeah, so we're committed to uh, talking about LinkedIn and improving LinkedIn <laughs> and some tips. Alex Peruse, can you just hold that thought? I know Absolutely. that you I can see you're bursting to tell us something and I know <laughs> it'll be a pearl of wisdom and I really want to hear it and uh, just stick with us. Uh, you're listening to Taking Care of Business right here on Ottawa PFM. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. We are linking up with LinkedIn with our panel of experts, Alex Peruse, Bonnie Power and Sue Elson. And just before the break, Alex Peruse was about to impart a pearl of wisdom about LinkedIn. Now I can't remember what that was. uh, uh, It was was about quality versus quantity. Uh, Yes,
1: yes, so quality (laughs) versus quantity. So there's a long... There's been a debate that's been going on for years about should I have a small network of people I know mm. compared to a, a large network of people I might not know. And my whole strategy is that anyone who sends me an invitation, uh, as long as doesn't have a sour speech with within the invite, I accept. And the reason why I do that, because the more and more people in your network, the more uh, second and third degree connections you can actually reach. Yes. Now. The people that are, that are not my target market, I put them into a different folder, which LinkedIn calls tag. So I just call them, you know, do not contact or, you know, people that I don't know. So I tag them in there. So anytime I run campaigns, I don't actually send messages to them. And then on the flip side, when I, when we run campaigns based on our target market, we actually have a, you know, a five stage process on how to identify our target market or our client avatar, so to speak. And then when we reach out to them, we put them into separate folders. So as soon as they connect, we have a three-part email sequence where we private message them with valuable content before we promote something. So by doing both of those strategies, you build a big network and you reach more people yeah. without sending the wrong message to the wrong person.
0: That's really good advice. Now, on Facebook, when most people know about Facebook, there's an insights element to Facebook. So you can look at your Facebook page and figure out the time of day and the day of the week that most people... Uh, that is your most engagement or the highest engagement for your audience so Sue Wilson, when's the best time of day to post on LinkedIn well it depends which audience you're trying to reach because
3: obviously a lot of my people are international so I could post you know three o'clock on a Tuesday and that could be you know four o'clock in the morning somewhere else so it really depends on your audience again I think uh, the other challenge that you've got with LinkedIn at least on the free account is you don't get that amount of data to be able to assess ah, that so no you're answer. going to have have to probably mm. look at a bit like um, Alex was talking about before, about documenting what happens and sucking and seeing and, you know, working out what happens. But, yeah, I, I think if you start getting down to that level of semantics, you're missing the point. There's, there's a lot of other things to do
0: first. Another question that uh, we were sent, which I think is a really good one, with Microsoft bought LinkedIn last last year. Was June? that right? Yeah. yeah, $26.2 billion. Okay. Yeah, it's handy. Small change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And is it true or not since that that LinkedIn ranks higher on SEO than any other social media platform? I haven't Have you heard, heard that? that. I haven't heard that. Have you heard that, Alex? Have you heard that. anything no. like that? Where did you get that It's a rumour. Someone <laughs> sent a question through, <laughs> and that was the question, so I don't know what their source was. Big brother. Yeah.
3: yeah. Look, what no. I can say, it's a it's an extremely interesting acquisition. Mm. So on the free account, you used to be able to do what? Alex said and tag your clients Mm. or your your connections you can only do that in sales navigator now now LinkedIn has been very particular about keeping their intellectual property on the platform. And the Microsoft acquisition is really interesting because most businesses, as a customer relationship management system, would be using something like Salesforce, but that doesn't have the API key which enables people to, you know, scrape the information from LinkedIn. Whereas with Microsoft acquiring it and the Microsoft Dynamics database CRM being able to offer that integration, I can see there being a huge disruption in the whole process of how businesses do their CRM in the future so so who knows where Mm. that's going to head I think Microsoft have been very strategic about how they've done that
0: yes as they always are Mm. Alex on your show the linkfluencer show what's been one or two of the most common questions you've got from your followers
1: Uh, well one quality versus quantity Mm -hmm. would be definitely one Another is, uh, what's the biggest mistake, uh, mm. to avoid? Mm. Uh, and the biggest mistake to avoid is actually not leveraging LinkedIn properly. That's, that's really it. There's, you know, there's obviously other common mistakes people make, but the biggest mistake is not understanding that there has been a massive shift in the way people sell. Um, mm. people, uh, you know, read a stat the other day that by 2018, of content online is going to be video. So if you're not good in front of video, Mm. you're done. (laughs) You will not exist. And that's just the Mm. sad reality of it. And then second of all, people read 14.4 pieces of content before making a buying decision. So where are they going to source content? Well, they're going to a platform that they've been on for years and years to source that content and they're looking for thought leaders to build that trust before making a buying decision so that's purely the number one mistake if you don't leverage LinkedIn mm-hmm. and whether it's LinkedIn or some other platform that you know comes through the doors you have to just understand that the selling landscape has changed if you don't evolve and if you don't innovate every six to twelve months in your business and this is major priority mm-hmm. for us at link we won't exist Mm. And that's the paranoia that we live with every single day. We wake up and mm. say, we have to innovate every six months or we just won't live.
2: We have to disrupt ourselves Absolutely. before someone else disrupts us. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. And one of the, the top mistakes as well, I might add, is that people tend to um, connect up with you and then they'll send you a spammy salesy yeah. message and that just drives me nuts. And yeah. it, I think it drives everyone nuts. So if you actually want to create a first good impression, don't do that.
3: <laughs> yeah. With 85% of business still technically being done by word of mouth or referral business, mm-hmm. obviously if they Google you and you come up, you know then you've got that opportunity as well. But, you know, as Bonnie was explaining before, when you looked at that conveyancer, you checked out who they were um, connected to and, you know, got an idea of their
0: background before you went ahead and said yes. Now, those listening today, please go on and have a look at your LinkedIn profile, even if you're on Mm -hmm. it yesterday, but you might not have been on it for a couple of years, but go in and Mm -hmm. have a look. Now, one question I was asked, do you write your LinkedIn profile in the first or third person? Sue Elson, what yeah.
3: do you recommend? Uh, again, depends on purpose. Um, so if you want to be one step removed, you can use third person. If you want to be a little bit more personal, you can use first person. But don't use I, 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 mm. because most Australians really hate that. Mm. So, so, yeah, it, it's horses for courses. Some people choose no person and they don't personalise at all. If you use the first person, it's I, 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 but then I'm reading about Jackie, but then I'm thinking about me because I read I, so there's an extra connection. So again, you know, it really depends on the person. And I... I invite my clients to choose for themselves.
2: Bonnie Power. For the purposes of lead generation, yeah. you don't want to be one step removed from anyone. No. So I would say build that rapport. I'm also a direct response marketing copywriter. So the, you need to build a rapport with your reader and the best way to do that is to talk like you're in a conversation with them. So that um, the profile really needs to be warm and it needs to show the passion that you've got and the and your values and, you know, reasons why people would want to deal business with you. Um, and I might just say, just sorry, just the yes. biggest thing if people, when they go onto their LinkedIn profile, make sure the photo is resonating with your ideal type of client. There's some photos when you get a professional headshot, it's like you're stunned and your smile isn't really genuine and you're giving off all of this um, nervous energy. So make sure that that photo is giving a warm, warm, um, engaging feeling when people look at it. Alex,
0: yeah. do you recommend first or third person?
1: Uh, we've we've ran tests in 55 industries in 30 countries. By far third person. Um, and the reason for that is because one, as you start getting uh, achieving more and more uh, throughout your career, like for example, I've been featured in 50 media publications. I write for Huffington Post, Business Insider, Entrepreneur. Imagine if I started writing a summary saying oh yeah, I've been featured in 50 media publications, and I now write, it sounds a little bit arrogant. Mm. So I think maybe earlier on in, in your career, potentially first person, I still recommend doing third person. Um, and then it's, you know, moving beyond that, you got to write a story. You know, our whole uh, advice around writing your summary is about encapsulating where your journey started, how you led to where you are now, and you know, what, you're working on moving forward because people buy into people. But if you go beyond that, people don't actually buy into you. They buy into your story. Mm. So if you don't have an inspiring story, um, you need to rewrite your summary and make sure that your experiences are consistent because that's what people buy into. And I'll share with you a quick example of that. I I was recently asked by a Brisbane Institute to work on a, a program with them uh, and uh, they bought into my story first before even connecting with me.
0: That's great. Alex Peruse from Linkfluencer. Thank it's been you. a delight. Thank you for coming into the studio and perfect sharing so generously your pearls of wisdom. Really appreciated it. Bonnie Powell, always a delight to see you. Thank you again Thanks, for Jackie. coming
2: into the show. Uh, perfect <laughs> Boom yes uh your website com. perfectboom.com easy if you want to download a um a checklist there's 20 points that you can have a look at once you've downloaded that to see if your profile is going to attract your ideal type of client and, um opportunities
0: thank you sue elson it's been a delight meeting you today thank you trailblazers i love meeting trailblazers <laughs> it's been really great having you in the studio thank you again so long it's... as you don't call me a guru no, well, I didn't. No, thank goodness. No, you that's know. good. <laughs> I could have, but, but I didn't. A
3: name about that. But also, I'd just like to add that anybody who's listened to the program, if they email me, I'll send them a digital copy of my book.
0: Excellent. We'll put a link to our Facebook page. We hope you've learned something new today and feel inspired. We look forward to your company next Friday at 11am. In the meantime, keep taking care of your business.